The only way to break the cycle of violence is to buy your boyfriend an ejaculating guitar. This is... Everybody, I'm your host Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado tonight, and we're here to talk about one of the movies I've seen the most in my 20s, Purple Rain. And joining me, as always, we have our crew of hosts. I'm going to go most recent host to least recent host to keep the trivia order uh, true throughout the whole episode. So that brings me to Stevie. Stevie, where are you recording tonight? And do you remember the legendary weekend you visited me in St. Paul? Hold on. You couldn't have gone to worse order. <laughs> Before the pot, you were talking about snacks. And when you just called on me, I had a whole granola bar in my mouth. <laughs> Are you drinking milk again before the pot? No. You know what happens no, no. when we do this. I told Mikey, I, um, <laughs> I didn't have any milk today just because of the pot. Like, I, I laid off for that very reason. But Dedication. Yeah. Um... Let's see here. Hi, this is Stevie, recording from Elkhart, Indiana. And how could I forget the amazing weekend I had with you where visited Minneapolis for the first time, and I think we put down about $500 worth of tequila at one bar. And <laughs> is, that, is that the most memorable forgotten thing from that weekend? Because we, we were being bad we, at that bar. We were <laughs> we not great. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think we got split up, and we ended up... You ended up at the Mall of America, way out, and I ended up somewhere else, too. It was not... It, I mean, one of the more fun weekends I have ever I had in my life. You, I called you, and all you would say was, Fogo de Chao, and you'd hang up. What am I supposed to do with that? It was a restaurant. It's all I could say. It was... <laughs> Do you remember Minneapolis fondly, though? Because I, I feel like you really liked that area. I loved Minneapolis. St. Paul, like a beautiful area. Um, you took me uh, all around to like the, really just some great spots. And it reminded me of like a mini Chicago. That's like the best way I can describe it. And um, just really cool. And the weather was great, too. It was October, and it wasn't negative 20, and there wasn't eight feet of snow. So, yeah, awesome place. Next most recent host, uh, Mikey, what did you, you hosted on The Rock, right? Which I think will actually be coming out soon, if you want to get a sense of like the delay that we're on. But you also hosted a pod, The Last of Us, which got some positive feedback. What video games are you playing this, these days, Mikey? Uh, just kind of playing a lot of Call of Duty. Just mindlessly uh, serving our country in Call of Duty. <laughs> thank <laughs> you for your service, Mikey. You're that. so brave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, thank you for your service to me, and you're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of service, Brett, you braved the front lines and went into the movie theater. You're the first spoiler man to go back to the movies since the pandemic started. How are you doing, and how, how was Tenet? And, and maybe there's going to be a pod coming, too? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, this is Brett. I, I mean, this is going to sound like a joke, and I... I Hopefully, I'm not potting from beyond the grave right now. I did brave the movie theater. Spooky, bro. That's dark. That would be that's real great spooky spoilers. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Brett's dead. Okay. Um, (laughs) Ghost of Brett. It was so. It wasn't like there was nobody there. It was really awesome. And Tenant 
was really awesome. And I think I'm hoping uh, Wifey and me can maybe do a pod tomorrow for that and get that out as soon as possible. You're going to do a pod with your Wi-Fi? She, she did say, no, my wife, she did say when. That's a good question. I do work both jobs tomorrow, but I'm going to try to get it done. I'm dedicated. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you for your service, Brett. And I, I've seen a lot of complaints about the sound mixing. Did you experience that at all? And, and I'm sure you'll talk about it on the pod. But No, I, I mean, I, I told you guys, I love the music. I love the sounds. It just, it was just, the volume was so loud. Um, apparently, uh, Stevie says that's common, but with him, but it was just, it was just too loud. I mean, it does do that. Uh, the music was so good, though. I mean, I love the music so much. It's the best soundtrack since District B-13. Ooh, that's saying something. <laughs> well, that was a pod that you hosted, but even before that, a little host named Kylo Ren Memes, a.k.a. Corey, hosted a pod. I think it was Fast and Furious 5? It's Pat. Or no, It's Pat was the last one, so it was more recently than that. But Kylo, you're on the schneid, but I wanted to <laughs> ask you... What do you think I said during Angels of the Outfield that caused you to lose a subscriber on YouTube? Because you really wanted to bring that up in the group thread, and I felt really bad about it. It could happen. <laughs> Brett has it right on the money. So yes, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren Memes. I'm recording out of Simi Valley, California. First off, I gotta say, Pappy, I really like this intro, like where you have the questions like tailored to each of us. Like, I'm stealing that. That's good shit. Thank you. But also, uh, I think it was something I said, like, pretty early on in the episode about when listeners start to drop off. I said I suggested that JP from Angels in the Outfield might be a crack crack baby. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think at the time was completely founded. You had facts to back it up. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's something wrong with that kid. But Which one's JP. It could happen, kid. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the short one, Brett. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, I, I'll get another subscriber. It's all good. Well, I, I'll be I'll be open and honest. I did not rig the trivia, but Kylo, I am rooting for you in trivia because I think you're one of my favorite spoilers hosts. But that brings us to the movie proper. Kylo, you have a very specific taste in movies, and and I regret giving you shit recently because I may now be looking at something, looking at my own nostalgia, staring me back in the face and see how I'm blinded by it. But how would you describe Purple Rain to someone who hadn't seen it? Because Stevie asked me, "Is it a musical?" and I didn't know like what to tell him. Well, I think the answer to that is yes, considering it won Best Picture as like Best Original Musical, right? But it's all like diegetic too. You know what I mean? It's like it's not like, the, like when I think of musical, I think of like Hello Dolly or like a Disney musical where it's like people are breaking out in songs. Songs have to advance the plot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess it's not in that sense. Uh, I'll tell you what Purple Rain was for me because I had never seen it up until watching it for this pod. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be somehow. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> There's a movie that you haven't seen that exists in the cultural zeitgeist, <laughs> and you can you can tell they've already seen it in your mind, even though you've never actually witnessed it visually. That's Purple Rain for me. I thought it was going to be a lot of Prince on stage mucking about. He's going to fall in love with a woman. <laughs> He's going to there's going to be a sad boy montage. 
And then everything's going to work out in the end with a big song. And fuck, man, that's it. And it's incredibly erotic. So it is. erotic. <laughs> Why don't you purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> Brett, how do we get going, though, on Purple Rain? Because I want to go actually a little bit song by song, I think, and then just kind of fill in the gaps. But how do we open? There, there's a montage. We meet some really important characters. And obviously the, the classic Let's Go Crazy is blasting both in the movie and in the background of this pod right now. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird because at the beginning and the end, the crowd like is really feeling him, and then like in between, it just kind of wanes. Like that's kind of the point of the movie. Like he starts playing more and more experimental, funky stuff, which I guess is not big in the eighties. I don't know. I I mean, all the songs are awesome to me, but um, I don't know. He's just rocking it, and the crowd's going nuts. Was Purple Rain part of the uh, like best albums project that you did? Oh yeah. Would you remember where it fell in that list? Like, it's of the eighties. Top five, three, three maybe, maybe t- a top ten. What, what project is this for those that don't know? Oh, uh, over the span of six months, I listened to the Rolling Stone list of best albums of the eighties, nineties, two thousands, and two thousand tens. Four hundred, four hundred and one albums. <laughs> I only listened at work. <laughs> the fact that this is a top five album of the 80s is made even more crazy by... The, I, I watched the director's commentary, and I, and I guess apparently they Prince had hundreds of fully produced songs like at his house, and the director just came over the day after pitching his version of Purple Rain, uh, which wasn't called Purple Rain at the time, and they just picked 12 songs from that 100-song catalog. So these were all completed songs, and they just went in and like, picked two. Now, some of them were made later, and we'll talk about those, but... Mikey, there's a varying degrees of like, or varying degrees of talent in the side characters that we meet. Uh, one of them is Apollonia uh, during this opening montage. Uh, what's going on with Apollonia in this movie? What does she want? Uh, well, we're all at this. What is it? A music club, and uh, she's waiting outside in line. Uh, we get a montage of her just kind of like avoid paying for a taxi and kind of screwing people over because she has no money. And uh, she ends up at this nightclub and she wants a job, uh, but she doesn't want to be a waitress. She wants to perform on stage. I mean, she has a fat stack of cash, but I think maybe it's her last stack. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know why she didn't pay for that taxi. That was kind of scummy. Yeah, it's dirty. Well, it's not just any musical nightclub. It's the legendary First Avenue, which, as she points out, is famous. And like she's in this shit apartment, but like that's literally downtown Minneapolis. I don't know like how she's affording this like amazing <laughs> location uh, in a movie. Uh, but we also have Morris Day, Steve. I don't want to skip over him. Um, you talked about the time a little bit. What's what's his deal? And, and you mentioned that he might have been on some substances throughout this movie as well. I didn't even know about that. So Morris Day was an actual like pop star. Like when this was released, I mean, like growing up, I heard Jungle Love on the radio all the time. Uh, and Morris Day is kind of this strange character in this. I mean, I'm surprised he took this role. I get it's a movie, but it's just strange because, I mean, he plays like this, I guess you could say, like, guy that's supposed to make it before Prince does, and he's like Prince's rival, and he hates Prince, and he's like this crazy womanizer, and he has like a bodyguard slash manager who does everything. <laughs> and like Morris Day, according to what I read, was like, 
I don't know if it was drugs or alcohol or a mix of both, but he was pretty out of it, out of his mind during the shoot of this movie. And like you can definitely tell in some scenes when he's like slurring his words really hard or like grinding his teeth, like you can just tell he's not all there. Some of it's kind of hard to watch when you watch it back in retrospect. Did did anybody else pick up on that? Because this is, I think I said this at the top. This is the movie I've seen the most in my twenties, and I've never noticed Morris Day being on any substances. I thought he was just intentionally being like uh, super villainous, you know? Like, yeah, I didn't know he was. I I was trying to figure out like who this guy was and if he was an actual performer or not because obviously we know Prince is a performer, but like he don't know Morris Day. Morris Day in the motherfucking time. <laughs> Well, yeah, but like, I don't know enough about music to know if that's like a real band or if it's just for the movie or what, but he just reminded me of like Jim Carrey from The Mask. (laughs) (laughs) It was so ridiculous. (laughs) He was, uh, yeah, yeah, I could see like him being on something because he did act insane for a lot of the movie. He was like, yeah, like like Corey said, a cartoon villain. He, he actually threw a cast member in the dumpster and they were just rolling and they kept it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we, speaking of the dumpster, can we get to that part? Because that's a very controversial scene, both now and at the time, the Warner Brothers executives were like staunchly against it, uh, but they somehow like snuck it in the movie. <laughs> Mikey, you made a classic meme out of it. I, <laughs> What, first of all, what happens? And second of all, I, what, what do you think about it in terms of like comedy? Like, are, are you laughing with Morris Day? Because he's clearly, he's the antagonist, but he's also the comic relief of the movie. Yeah. Okay, I have no context for this movie at all. So I was going into it thinking it was just like a music, long music video or something. Uh, and then we get all of these funny bits that really kind of caught me off guard. But uh, Morris Day and his bodyguard are just like walking down the street and this woman confronts them. <laughs> and I guess she was up all night the night before, like waiting for Morris to come around. Uh, and uh, he kind of like gestures to his bodyguard who like sneaks up behind her and he like grabs her. And at first I'm thinking, oh, God, what is he going to do? Because he's just like... <laughs> He just like grabs her and throws her or, and like rushes her into a back alley. It's like, oh God, don't like hit her or anything. Cause I know <laughs> that Prince slapped somebody in this movie later on. That's like the only thing I know about the movie. But, uh, yeah, it just cuts to him throwing her in the trash. And I was like even more shocked at that. Cause I was not suspecting that at all. Uh, yeah, and she but, pops up like fucking Oscar the Grouch. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, all of it was just so. It was so like uh, sketch comedy, hilarious. More than like, yeah, <laughs> it just threw me off for what the tone of the movie was. This ain't happening, man. The bitches are okay, but we need something more exciting. You're right. We could be doing much better. Any idea? That Apollonia babe we saw last night. Oh yeah. Why don't we find out where she lives? I didn't know that. You gave me everything last night. <laughs> well, what are we waiting for? Let's no, go. No, no, that ain't classy enough. I want the bitch to come to me. I'm the only star in this town. Morris Day, who do you think you are? You know, I waited up all night for you. I'm so tired of you doing this to me. Who the fuck do you think I am? Jerome. Let go of me, you bitch! Come here! Come here! Morris! Oh, such nastiness. 
the director and the producers who are on the commentary track said, you know, it wasn't working until we showed her popping back up and it kind of looking all pissed. <laughs> like, like, you know, at least acknowledging that she's not dead. Brett, did, uh, did you like that scene? I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous, but I thought it looked pretty funny. I, I mean, I know, shocker, that I thought that was funny, but... It is funny. I think it was hilarious. It is funny. funny. (laughs) It's just, I was not suspecting that at all. It's more funny in a shocking way. Not even that, like, I'm, like, appalled. I'm not, like, mad at the movie for doing that. It's just like, holy shit, they just dumped (laughs) a woman in a trash can (laughs) as a joke. Like I said, he's like Jim Carrey in The Mask. It's just absurdity every time he's on screen yeah and and like i said he is functioning as the antagonist in the comic relief and this movie doesn't really have a central conflict i would say i don't know maybe maybe not maybe maybe that's true but it doesn't really have a central conflict it's a bunch of mini conflicts one of them is a love triangle between morris day prince and apollonia and we brett we see uh, Prince and Apollonia falling in love on quote the shores of Lake Minnetonka unquote. <laughs> what happens in the scene that you you referenced earlier? You're gonna give me this scene. Um, well, it's take take me with you is playing in the background. It's probably my second least favorite song from that track. I don't know if you remember or from the album. I don't know if you remember that track. Yeah, uh, but I actually I do like this scene's famous. It's, it's Dave Chappelle. Actually, uh, real quick, uh, uh, Purple Rain was number two. 1999 was number 16 and Dirty Mind was number 18. So, um, what was one? Is it a U2? It's album? Cl- Cl- London Calling. The Clash? Yeah. I listened to it twice. I couldn't get into it. I mean, it's all right. Um, I actually never got that Chappelle reference until this movie. I had no idea what he was talking about. I just thought it was hilarious. But so when I heard it, it was really cool. Uh, so he just like goes up to Apollonia. He's like, get on. And uh, they just drive out to Lake something. And huge, like, bags in five, four, three. Like, it was kind of caught me off guard. And, uh, like, I wasn't expecting it. I kept expecting her to tease it. And then the bags came out, and we were like, oh, cool. And then uh, he, like, challenges her for initiation. And he's like, you can't handle it. And he's like, why don't you purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? So she strips down and then jumps in the water. He tries to tell her that that's not Lake Minnetonka, but... She wasn't listening. Then he like leaves. He makes sure to like stop her after she's naked. He's like, wait. Oh, yeah. All right. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) No, don't. Don't jump in the water. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, he's very Willy Wonka about it. (laughs) No, stop. Come back. Police. My fiance was like watching that and she's like, that's not like Minnetonka. I'm like, just wait and see. I was like so impressed uh, with her. But let me, (laughs) we don't have Josh tonight. So let me be the social Josh just warrior. Let me just put on that hat and like prince's courtship stevie to me is nothing but him being mean to apollonia over <laughs> and over again like it's so uncomfortable it's like pulling pigtails yeah. yeah it's an uncomfortable relationship it's almost like <sighs> excuse me being mean and rubbing her pussy aggressively during a sex scene those are the two that was to... that's how we got her yeah that was a little weird to watch honestly i mean that was just i don't know if that was in the script where you now grab a handful of vag, but like it, it was just—it's an odd relationship because it's almost like I'm gonna be totally mean to this chick, but I'm also grooming her to be a pop star while also never having the intentions of making her a pop star. I don't know, and while also hitting her for drinking alcohol, and I'm staunchly against alcohol, but I'll also beat you at whatever you know every chance I'll get. It's just odd. 
it's classic hypocrisy, you know, like, because Prince is a Jehovah Witness, just in that, like, he doesn't, like, he honors the not drinking part, but then, like, it come, when it comes to, like, you know, physically abusing women, which I, I think there is cause for, or not cause, but I think there's, like, a logic behind, at least, like, the, when he slaps her later, which we'll talk about, but yeah. l- let me first, like, talk about some of the other conflicts, because, Corey, there's, like, an inner conflict in the band. We, we mentioned that the love triangle, but, but the real-life band dynamics actually kind of come on screen here yes lisa can you kind of describe what's going on with uh yeah thanks lisa wendy and lisa yeah a couple of his bandmates they want to write some songs but for some reason him being like the front man he's called the kid uh prince the kid being the front man he i think he wants to be the only one to write the music um so you know they're they keep trying to like tell him like look we wrote this song like let's play it and he's like not having it but every now and then you get like a glimmer of him like about to start listening to the tape and then he like stops or is interrupted. So you can tell like internally he's considering it. But yeah, there's a little bit of drama with the band because of that. He's stubborn. Are there lyrics that they've written or is he just freeballing at the end? I got the impression he was freeballing, but I, I don't know if they ever say it. By freeballing, I mean freestyling. No, free I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't <laughs> If Prince were freeballing, you'd definitely be able to tell in yeah. his pants that he's wearing. But like, he's got a hog. Yeah, this is. I mean, I don't know. This is like another just a kind of like instance of, like I guess, the movie pulling from real life. Apparently, the the dynamics of this band were very similar to what we see. Uh, it, it is weird though because we know Purple Rain is a huge hit, but like this album came out. Keep me honest here, CV, the same week? The the same week. That's pretty cool. Insane to me. Number one movie, number one song, number one album all at the same time, I believe. That's awesome. Wow. And like that kind of like coordinated marketing is like the kind of things that like make executives at Warner Brothers just like jizz in their pants. Like that's the exact kind of thing that they want. And they were like totally synergy. Yeah, that is a really cool uh, like achievement to do. To like kind of have a coinciding album with a popular movie that that'd be awesome i mean i don't know what you would do now all the movies ideas seem kind of cheesy for a musical movie well it's like a star is born is like almost in the same Uh, vein right where it's like a pop star and like the same kind of like real life stuff we talked about on that episode like like what's real in lady gaga's life dave Chappelle showing up like being really honest about his career it's kind of similar but i don't think there's there's just too much noise now like you couldn't have someone eating up all of the media like prince does in this movie but the, the the third conflict brett let's come back to you morris day has a scheme even though the relationship between apollonia and prince is going really well what is he trying to do uh, or how is he trying to position himself at first avenue uh, again this is another thing that kind of mirrored real life at the time uh, are you talking about the apollonia six yep so he's trying to get her into his girl group which He's got high hopes for her, but I think he feels like something's missing and she's perfect for it. Um, again, it's a real group and they were actually having problems with uh, the previous singer. So a lot of this stuff all kind of fed into the real life, which I think is extra cool. But so and she wants it because like she told Prince earlier, she would love to make it for once. And uh, this is her opportunity. He's acting like it's all professional, but I think... If we know more stay, and I know more stay, uh, he's trying to. <laughs> he's just biding his time. He's just trying to get in. And that's this this like third kind of conflict because there's a there's a manager. I don't have his name in Jerome? front of me. Jerome Jerome Benton. Jerome Benton. 
like the, the manager of the club and apparently like there's some like great stories about him like i guess he was just like outside of an earth wind and fire concert like selling like mimeographs and like he ended up like meeting some music producer and became like the manager and like worked his way up to being in this movie which is just crazy but like the the most unbelievable thing about this movie is like this kind of this fourth conflict is that morris day now has the apollonia six and apparently first avenue isn't big enough for morris day the time the revolution and that fucking Johnny Tsunami <laughs> band who comes out of nowhere. Like, do you guys remember that guy? I want to be a mountaineer. Oh yeah, great song. Yeah. It's Daz Dickerson. He's famous, man. It's it is a, he is famous. Famous is a relative term. Well, I would say he's. I'm saying yeah. he was Prince's lead guitarist in the Revolution until really. Wait, the guy who sang the yeah he has a he was a lead guitarist and then he became a born again Christian in 1980. So as you know, he had a harder time singing what they were singing about, and I think he ended up leaving in 1984. And actually, Wendy replaced him as the rhythm guitarist, and Prince became lead guitar. Wow! But he's a—I uh, mean, he's got like a number 66 or something like that, greatest solo of all time on—is uh, it 1999? One of those songs. I guess famous is—you know what I mean? He's—he's. He's, I mean, he's a prolific guitar player. The song Whale, I mean, the song does whale, but I think it's also, it's helped by the ambiance of the club, right? And like every, like all those like Minnesotan people are doing like this weird rhythmic dance. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if I would yeah. listen to I Want to Be a Mountaineer on my own, like in earphones. <laughs> Little Red Corvette, by the way, was a solo. That song does slap. But but like of all of the mini conflicts, like, am I wrong? Like this? This one is like the least believable that of, of those four bands, the revolution would be the one that you cut. Like, I don't think this movie does a good enough job of showing why they're making that decision. No, I agree with that. Yeah, aren't the crowds going crazy every time they're on stage? That's what I thought. Not in the middle. Like, they're definitely not going crazy. Well, I guess there's one time where he's playing he's and there's like nine let's people go crazy, there. And they're doing you know, that's, <laughs> the, that's the beginning. They're definitely going off early on. But, like, I don't think the crowd's going too pumped when he starts singing Darling Nikki. Oh, yeah. Well, he's in his feelings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's lost he's in his He's helping the stage at that point. Okay. Kyle, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was with you, Pappy. I thought, like, they were, I'm like, I don't know. I was trying to understand why or how, in the context of the movie, Morris Day and the Time were better than Prince. Like, oh, definitely. I mean, <laughs> they have a song called like Squawk. I, to me, it seemed like they were killing it. I mean, audience reactions aside, they were still killing it, even if people weren't yeah. were trying to sell that they weren't. Like the band was never performing poorly. I didn't like the music, but. Oh, wait, what? You don't like Prince? No, I don't like Prince. Oh, what? gosh. God. Corey, get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> just say your Wi-Fi router died. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I regret saying I'm rooting for you in trivia, but we—I I don't know. The, the sex scene happens. Do, does anybody have anything that they want to talk about in the sex scene? Like, is it uh, extraordinarily graphic sex scene? I don't want to talk necessarily about the sex scene, but I, I told Brittany I would mention it because she wanted me to. She said that. The kissing in this movie is so bad and so unbelievable, and she's definitely right. It's gross. It's really it's bad. It's aggressive. Floppy. No chemistry. She whatsoever. said for a guy who's got a number one song called Kiss, he should be better. But don't blame <laughs> her. She married a pro, so. 
<laughs> well, I think it's one of those things, Brett, where it's like the better looking and more successful you are, the less good of a kisser you have to be, right? Prince can just like lick girls' faces yeah. like, oh, it's Prince. And that's all <laughs> that's all he has to do. Yeah, but like Prince's bedroom, Stevie, this is probably something that I mean, you know, I'm sure people were like fantasizing about the time he lives at home. Definitely. We're going to start to get into his home life and probably like the the biggest conflict. This is a real house in Minneapolis, by the way, not far uh, from where I used to drive by every day. But Prince's bedroom, Prince's home life, Steve, you just want to like kind of start talking about that. I mean, I pictured Prince's bedroom would be purple everything and really soft silks and like uh, almost like soft feathered pillows. But yeah, his house is um, really up and down with his parents. Um, sometimes they seem happy, and other times it seems like they want to kill each other. And his dad's voice is just booming where you can hear him outside the house. And I was going to ask you this earlier, Pap. Like, was that like a real point of contention with Prince in real life? Him and his father, yeah. They had a very strained relationship. And, and things like I would die for you and don't get married are real things that his father told him uh, as advice. <laughs> this is That is kind of like one of like the sadder points of the whole story. Because I've said this in previous podcasts and it really comes to a head in this movie. But it's like a lot of times in movies and sometimes in real life – it's like a son's greatest fear is becoming his father. Yeah. And that's like a huge theme in this movie is like Prince is going to end up just like his dad. And his dad is like a heavy drinker. He's abusive towards his mom. He was a great musician with a great mind. And I guess you could say just threw it all away by not, I mean, I guess you could say like not showing up to practice or drinking it away, stuff like that. And I don't know if, that's a real thing for Prince in real life, but that was a kind of a point of the movie is Prince is always late for band practice and his band members hate him and they won't communicate with him. I, I thought um, – I haven't really formed this in my mind, but I thought the dynamic between the parents is really cool because it's like – to me, the father obviously loves the mother like a lot, but he resents her because she obviously does not believe in him. And I, I know I'm just taking things that he says. He says like he, he just wants her to believe in him. But she doesn't, and he resents her because of it, and he even says, I would die for you and everything like that. So I just – I thought that was really cool. And Clarence Williams out there watching or something, he's like the only really legit actor in the movie, except for her maybe. The rest of them are – He never lets her have any fun. <laughs> well, well, she's never satisfied. Is there – is there any credence to because I've never thought about this before and the weird thing about this movie is it takes songs like Purple Rain which is clearly you know about like an ex-lover and then like recontextualizes it where he's like singing that song to his dad so some of the lines work some of the lines don't and when in the Doves Cry montage it shows the mom specifically over uh, you know she's you're just like my mother or whatever he said she's never satisfied in reference to his mother is there any credence into that the mom was actually sleeping around not that it, obviously not that it excuses the physical abuse but like did you guys brett did you pick up on that at all like uh, or do you think it's just more like the dad's losing it i didn't pick up on that i think again i think he's just probably insecure gotten himself into a rage yeah because again he feels belittled by her even if she doesn't mean to i don't think she, i didn't get the feeling that she was cheating on him. I think he's just paranoid and uh, miserable. And but they, I mean, they were having a lot of fun. One scene, right? At least one. Like drinking together and cuddling yeah, okay. or something. At least one scene that, well, right before him and Apollonia um, have sex. And 
I should mention Apollonia comes back after that like big scene of physical abuse where the dad like really hits the mom and she gives Prince a guitar, but she says he's going to join Morris's group. And Mikey, this is where Prince is violent for like the first time kind of towards weird. her in this movie. Yeah, Mikey, you said that you knew of the slap. I saw this in theaters twice, uh, both around the kind of commemorative screenings in Minneapolis around Prince's death. And I was with like a bunch of millennials who had like never seen this movie before and just knew that they loved Prince. And no one in the crowd knew how to like take <laughs> that scene of him hitting a woman. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like mm-hmm. pumped up wanting to see Prince songs. Wait, you haven't seen this movie before. Like, you knew the slap was coming. What was your reaction when you finally saw it? Uh shock again uh because it's over something i feel like is so unimportant i mean she's struggling she needs money and morse day is offering her a group to join so like what is the problem of her working for him maybe it's kind of like the dad like it's insecurity like why does she need it more stay <laughs> I, yeah but it's just like she's like yeah i'm, I'm gonna join morris's group and then <laughs> yeah no it's weird like, no, yeah, wrong. It's, it's crazy <laughs> it's like, she just gave him like a really nice like super I, nice I assume what looks like a custom guitar so yeah that's like, his response such a like, nice gesture <laughs> she has no money she just moved to town she pawned her only jewelry to buy him this guitar and he slaps the shit out of her after classic prince prince is a dick in this movie He's not a very good boyfriend. Does the Stevie, does the movie do enough to set up the mirroring behavior? Because I listened to the director's commentary and the producer who was on it, who had a very like Minnesotan accent, which was comforting to hear again, but he, he's very like, <laughs> I did not like that at all. Like in reference to the slap and like the the director's like, well, it was like parodying the or like mirroring the behavior. It was really yeah. weird like how much the producer distanced himself on a commentary track with the director slash writer there. I, I, does the movie <laughs> does the movie though earn the slap? Like does the mirroring of the behavior work for you? Because we can we can forgive it if it's character growth, right? But if it's just Prince punishing her for not <laughs> being loyal to him, that's completely unacceptable. Um I okay, so there's just a few ways you could look at it. One, you could just say it's not necessary to the story and he could have done other things. But like in context of like relationship with his father, which ended up becoming somewhat of like a focal point in this movie, it somewhat makes sense. Um, because you could tell like Prince, I mean, he wants to become an artist. He wants to not be his father, you know, and from the women in the band telling him, hey, you know, you're insecure, you're paranoid, you know, you don't listen to us, or any of his bandmates telling him that really, to pretty much everyone throughout the middle of the movie telling him he's no good, and him coming home and like seeing, you know, his uh, his dad beat the shit out of his mom, and even to the point like before his dad like puts a gun to his head, it really bothers Prince, and so I think... It is somewhat character growth that he would do that and then realize he's somewhat becoming like a monster himself. But um I mean I could see why they left it in. It is mirroring the dad. Yeah. Can I tell you what's missing though? What's that? Prince saying sorry. Oh yeah, for sure. He is never conciliatory. He never acts like he regrets it. I'm gonna skip around a little bit, but the, so the next interaction is Computer Blue, Darling Nikki. Uh, Darling Nikki is actually my least favorite song from Purple Rain. Brett, do you do you like the more 
quote, you know, avant-garde experimental stuff? Uh, I, I really like Computer Blue. Uh, I love Computer Blue. The guitar solo is so fucking good on Computer Blue. Darling Nikki's, I mean, I, I remember my uncle told me his favorite songs by Prince were Computer Blue and Darling Nikki. So um, it it's, it's kind of weird, but it's kind of like in the middle of the soundtrack. So kind of, it's okay in my opinion. I like most of the stuff on there. So, but yeah, Computer Blue is just awesome. And then Darling Nikki's just like, oh, that's like, that's Prince. I mean, because Prince writes a lot of <laughs> raunchy stuff later in, and earlier in life. So, I don't know. It's more, it's kind of Prince. So, Darling Nikki was the, the, the specific song that Al Gore's wife and her instant, infinite wisdom named as, like, pornographic material. Tipper? Like, when she was doing her anti, like, yeah. Yeah, when she was doing her anti, like, uh, yeah. uh, like smut and media campaign. Corey, you touched on this earlier, though. Apollonia's in the crowd. I don't understand, and I've seen, like I said, I've seen this movie more than any other movie in the past decade. I don't understand what's supposed to be happening here. Darling Nikki is like a direct shot at her. Like, is he writing this on the spot? How did how did you read that scene? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know that specific song. I, I don't know the names of them. I'm sorry. It's oh, that's the that's the one where, uh, where Apollonia gets all set upset and she runs out um, during that song. Oh, I don't, dude. I don't know. There's some like shit I'm supposed to pick up between. I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that means. He's trying to say like, I think. I mean, there's some sex motions. So maybe he's saying. Is that like, the song where Wendy's giving head to his guitar? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's later. I think that's at the. Well, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. But apparently, she didn't want to do that's that. That's the one where he's wearing the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The computer bluey wears the mask. Yeah, and then he like pulls it down. I have a theory but... about it, by the way. If yeah, because Brittany asked me it last night, and to me, Darling Nikki kind of sounds like a song about a girl who like kind of humps to get ahead, like, and that's kind of what he could assume Apollonia's doing. To, I see. Like he's suggesting that to her publicly. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, obviously she's not doing that, but you know, he's projecting his anger and heartache onto that, and in a really ne- pretty mean way. That's my opinion. That's that's probably accurate. But what doesn't make sense is how could Apollonia interpret a song that the band is playing directly, like aimed at her like how, how could she read into that like because he was looking at her but they have a set list like we need a scene of them being of prince being like play darling nikki and then be like what like no play darling nikki i get changed my mind like, yeah i don't know darling picky Pap, when we get to purple rain they never practice the song and yet he fucking crushes it <laughs> as they crush it as a group That's that true. would never happen <laughs> Just it did follow happen. my this lead. Is a true, this is a true yeah. story, just like Rudy. It's a documentary. This is life. But yeah, like I was saying, so like this is so Prince slaps her. The next interaction that we have is him singing this mean song at her. Then the next interaction we have, like the Apollonia's career is starting to take off. Like Stevie, do you want to talk about what happens like with her drinking? Um and, and how he puts her on the back of a motorcycle when she's pissed drunk, which is with no helmet, which is extraordinarily dangerous. Especially with the way do. that he drives and like ramps like little hills and stuff. <laughs> Don't <laughs> ride on a motorcycle if you've been drinking. You can't ride on one even. Oh, no. like, real quick, before Stevie responds to that, I, I, I meant to bring this up earlier. A, a lot of this movie is Prince riding around on a motorcycle with no helmet. <laughs> like fucking <He's> like <laughs> Batman. That's a perfect 80s trope though. He's not getting That's that That's how Country Mac died. 
I just gotta say, okay. He rides around like a ten year old doing dirt or doing uh, donuts in a parking lot. He's <laughs> just like a little piece of shit, <laughs> shit kid with a new dirt. There park. was one time, like when he was at quote unquote Lake Minnetonka with Apollonia, where I thought he was just gonna lay it down, <laughs> where it didn't seem like he had full control of the bike and the dirt, <laughs> and I was like, he might lay this down. This is awesome. But yeah, uh, so Morris Day and Apollonia are, um, I'm guessing, a little piss drunk leaving the club. Apollonia's super pumped. Morris Day has other plans. Was Apollonia receptive to that? She kept saying worse. What's his face? Drunk. Was a driver? Yeah. It's, um, Morris Day's being a little greasy. Uh, They might have just shot him in his natural (laughs) element, though. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Prince rides up like a fucking superhero or like the intro to the Terminator coming out of fog. Um, <laughs> and like going at least 60 or 70 past Morris Day, kicks him into some garbage and just tells Apollonia to get on. Uh, I'm guessing Christopher Nolan took a lot from this scene for Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, then it just gets worse because, he like gets her off the bike and sees that she's drunk. And she's like, I'm a grown ass woman. I can do whatever I want in this life. And he just slaps the ever loving shit out of her. I thought he pushed her. I thought he yeah. slapped her or he just pushed he, her. I think he just pushed, he pushed her on the head. Like he puts his hand, his palm on her face and like pushes. Oh, she, okay. pushed, she pushed him first. So, you know. So she hits him because like he's getting like really physical with her. So she like defends herself. In yeah, my Brett, are you saying she doesn't have a right to self defense? Just joking! Oh my gosh, I'm just joking. <laughs> Brett, she's standing her ground. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, I don't think I don't, Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's a stand your ground state. So uh, that's bullcrap. <laughs> I would be shocked if it wasn't. She's an adult. Like you know what I mean, Stevie? Like she has every right to be drinking she with has Morris every Day right, if she wants to. Yeah, to be drinking with Morris Day or making choices for her own career. Hey, if you're gonna be hanging out with Prince, you're gonna abide by Prince's rules. That means no alcohol, baby. <laughs> I mean not one drop of alcohol. That was ever. Prince in real life though, wasn't it, Pap? Because he yeah. was Jehovah's He wouldn't let Kevin Smith swear. There's like that famous oh. story. Where, like, please Kevin tell Smith the story. Was... I have a note. Yeah, please tell the Kevin Smith story. Oh, you want to hold off? You said. Or no, no, no. Go ahead, go for it. Because I, I have a note. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. very famously, Kevin Smith was like going to help Prince make this documentary. For some reason, Prince chose Kevin Smith specifically to Kevin do this. Smith, this strange. Was, like, He'd seen Mallrats. Yeah, two thousand or so. <laughs> and um, they, I don't know. They filmed a bunch of interviews from fans and stuff. They were going to make a documentary about his new album coming out. Yeah, it never like really came to fruition. Apparently, this is the way Kevin Smith put it. Like a lot of the stuff that Prince does, like all of the things he works on in music, he just puts away and doesn't release. So, for all the stuff he has put out, he has like you know tenfold that amount of shit that he hasn't put out. And I don't know how many people really know about it. I know uh, you were uh, up in Minneapolis filming a documentary for Prince. Mm-hmm. That, as far as I've heard. As far as I've heard, it's never even going to see the light of day, and I just wanted to know if you'd you know, shed a little light on that. Um, we were trying to get a Prince song for, for Jane Song Bob Strike Back for the scene where uh, Channel Elizabeth's character comes into the movie's restaurant. We were trying to get Prince as the most beautiful girl in the world, but we couldn't get any response back from him. And then one day, I got a call at the office, and they said, uh, Prince's office called. They want to speak to you. 
Phone rings again, and I hear his fucking voice. And he's just like, Kevin. And I said, Prince? Because <laughs> that's his name. And, uh, and he said, uh, how you doing? I said, I'm excellent. How are you? He said, very good, very good. I said, I, look, I just want to tell you, I'm a huge fan. And he goes, likewise. I said, really? He goes, oh, yeah, particularly Dogma. And he's like, uh, would you like to do something together? And I said, yeah, what do you want to do? Because I'm thinking, like, he wants to do a musical. <laughs> And he starts talking more and more um, about spirituality, religion, faith. And it becomes very apparent over the course of a half hour that Prince is way into Jesus. I, I want to make a movie that we can bring to the Cannes Film Festival. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, something like, kind of like a concert film, I'm saying. He's like, kind of like a concert film, but I want to do bold things. Like, I want to put up the words, Jesus Christ is the Son of God on screen and let them deal with it. So I get off the phone with him. I was like, holy fucking shit, that's fucking great. I go in and tell everyone about it. And then Mosier goes, uh, did you ask about the song for the movie? And I was like, no, fuck, I forgot. Uh, Prince, it's Kevin. Um, listen, I needed uh, to use uh, the, your song, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. I love the song. I want to put it in this one scene in the movie. And he goes, no. I said, uh, no? He's going, yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that. He's like, you can use the time song, which he owns the publishing for. He's like, you can use the time song, but I'm going to take a pass on the other one. And I said, all right. Bye. You know. That's a legendary YouTube video. It kind of sours me on Prince, but I think he talks about that. Like, he wanted to make the documentary, like, very, like, religious, too, and, like, Jesus-based. I think that's part of the story. Definitely. And you start to see, like, Prince's morality come through. Like, I get, like, he's like, a very, like, Bible- like literalist almost like the women should be subservient to the men type well, thing was he this adamant about it in real life there are no half jehovah's witnesses mikey yeah you're all it's all in or you, all you out can't, you can't be a jehovah witness you're jehovah's is he abusing women to get the alcohol out of his face i don't i doubt it but who knows maybe they are very uh like into like the words and stuff like that like uh meanings in etymologies of words like they break down stuff and very very literal i have a question i thought jehovah's witness could only hang out with other jehovah's witness uh so it doesn't make sense for me that prince would be in a band unless they were all jehovah's witness who knows jehovah's witness is the one where they think there's like a specific number of people we got to go to heaven right like it's a number yeah, that they know it's in the bio it's yeah. like 200 something thousand or something like that yeah that's very very literal it's just known is it? I don't like Oof. my chances. Those spots Is it Michael Jackson? Up, Wasn't he a Jehovah's Witness as well? Really? Yeah, he was for a time. Huh. Is Jehovah's Witness the one where you get your own planet when you die? That is no, Mormonism. Mormonism. Oh, that's the good one. I like that one. <laughs> that's the real one. Yeah, Jehovah's Witness is like no holidays, no birthdays, none of that stuff. No Christmas gifts of any kind. And it, you would think if there's only going to be 200,000 people going to heaven, suicide <laughs> might not be a great option, which is what the dad attempts. That's the worst transition I've ever done in the history of this podcast. But <laughs> or the Mikey, best. Mikey, that's legendary. Nailed it. The, like, like, this whole like middle section of the movie gets really dark, kind of culminating in this. Like, What do you remember about the, like, the final dad breakdown scene, um, the darkest part of the movie? Uh, well... Prince comes back home after what? Uh, a failed, or after that talk with Jerome, right? About one of the bands has got to go. So he comes back home, like kind of pissed off. And he sees that the house is trashed. And he can only assume that the worst is the dad is beating up his mom again. 
And uh, we kind of cut to the dead, and he has a gun in his hand, and you're like, oh, God, did he kill the mom? And then you see Prince standing in the hallway, and you hear a gunshot, and uh, then you get a little music montage of the dad who would put the gun on himself, and it really kind of just comes out of nowhere again. A lot of shocking moments in Purple Rain, to be honest. (laughs) Wasn't really expecting that. Wasn't expecting a murder-suicide or anything like that from this movie. So he doesn't kill the mom. In the original screenplay, it was a successful, quote-unquote, murder-suicide. Uh, they, they moved away. WB executives widely moved away from that. Uh, you know, Mikey says this was shocking. Kylo, were you shocked by the, like, Prince effigy that we see hanging, which is, like, the cheesiest, worst thing? Because like, we talk about the the the... the behavior mirroring i think that's what they're going for here where he like has his little yeah suicide contemplation montage yeah i I didn't really know what was going on there necessarily like it's a lot of him looking about acting physically but not saying anything so you gotta you know you you gotta put together what's going on (laughs) first and foremost though i i didn't really get what happened with the dad i had to go back i was like wait a minute he shot himself, but like just nicked himself or something. He's still alive, right? <laughs> he, he pulled out just a flesh wound <laughs> and a glancing blow. <laughs> he didn't get the headshot, but he got the assist. <laughs> he got the assist. Oh my god! <laughs> it's not going to look good on his KD ratio, but <laughs> he got the assist. I, there's a realization that Prince has that maybe someone else can articulate, but. He's going, he's smashing things up. He's freaking out. He sees a vision of himself killing himself, hanging. But he also like goes through the boxes and he finds like sheet music, which I believe is his father's who previously said he doesn't write his music. So there's like a revelation here. Um, maybe someone else can tell me what that is. His dad was kind of a hypocrite a little bit or does he use that music? I figured that he was using that music to write Purple Rain in some way, but we never see the lyrics or anything or any i don't know he's just kind of like playing the melody that's already established to that tape uh but he's not really utilizing anything in the in that sheet music that i can tell i thought he was combining those together to make purple rain i don't know i'm with kyle there's nothing that he gleans from learning that these documents that uh, exist other than his dad's a liar he's like oh my dad's a liar maybe he did love me after all (laughs) i should keep going on with life like there's no there's nothing like that makes I don't know. I don't understand why. There, one time when I watched this movie, I thought, Mikey, like you did, that, that it was like the lyrics to Purple Rain or something. But that brings us to the titular track, Stevie. We're at First Avenue. Uh, Prince's dad has shot himself, but Prince wants to go on living. You said you were genuinely moved by this when I asked you if you liked the movie before the podcast. Do you want to take us through? There's three songs. There's Purple Rain, I Would Die For You, and Baby, I'm a Star. They all kind of bleed together, but it's one super montage. How did this last bit make you feel oh my god well okay so here's what's nuts to me is i thought that this was a screenplay that was written you know and fleshed out before the movie really started the project took off which is the main character is supposed to fail supposed to fail supposed to fail supposed to fail and when the main hero finally succeeds it's supposed to be this crazy cathartic moment that just brings the entire movie together. And that was not the case, right, Pap? Well, apparently Purple Rain was written like on the spot. They needed, like I said, they, they picked a certain number of songs, Purple Rain and When Doves Cry. Basically, the two biggest hits were not one of those. 
they said that they needed a song for the end and Purple Rain was born out of that. And they're like, you know what? This should be a dedication to the father. And like all of the themes of the movie come together. Click in, <laughs> click in there. But like, what is this movie without that? Like, what the fuck? I mean, it's unwatchable without it. Cause like the, what makes this movie in my mind, like come together is Purple Rain. It's finally coming together, acknowledging his bandmates that they're great musicians and writers <laughs> and acknowledging that's kind of like a, you know, kind of this sorry goodbye letter to his dad, which is Purple Rain in this movie. And it brings like the entire crowd behind him from the manager of the club to even Morris Day being like, God damn, this is a song. You know, even Apollonia is like, holy shit, like I love this song. Like it's a really moving song, like within the context of the movie. And the camera work and the lighting is great too, because. Yes. Like, it focuses on Prince a lot in some really great shots. Like, I understand it's him singing, but, like, I think a lesser movie would have hopped around more and could have even gone to, like, flashbacks and montages during this, but it didn't. It focused solely on Prince, uh, which I thought was super cool. And the other thing I want kind of want to bring up, I hate to backtrack, like, I think uh, him finding his dad's... Uh, like music meant something more than just like for no purpose. I think it was saying like, you may not want to be me, but you and I are more alike than you think. I think that's kind of what it was getting at. We're not so different to you and I. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they hate us because they ain't. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I got, I got teary eyed watching purple rain at the end. Like it was awesome. Dude, that's straight up bonkers that that wasn't even the intent of the movie. Insane that's to just- me absolutely irresponsible <laughs> and you're peppering in the the sample from the tape throughout the whole movie it's like what are you doing if that's not going to be the end <laughs> of the whole movie well it's like they didn't have so purple stupid. they didn't have purple rain and it's, it's like what what is this movie if they go forward with the dad suicide murder? yeah like he, the dad shoots himself then he like it, it just doesn't make any sense kylo i know that you said a lot of this movie didn't work for you i'm ready for your your no but did you like the Purple Rain performance did that move you at least? Uh, no, I'm going to be honest. It didn't do much for me. Jesus but Christ! I didn't hate it. <laughs> That's good. I liked the the manager's like slow nod as he was performing yep. it though. Like, and more states going nuts yeah. too, right? He's up there killing it, and like the manager like finds like, all right, I respect you for this. <laughs> and I kind of feel the same way. Like I respect Prince, like as an artist, like. mostly as a guitar player he fucking rips he rips yes uh it's not really my kind of music that i like i don't really like a lot of music actually (laughs) you can appreciate the musicianship (laughs) for sure save your comedies and your music and your joy (laughs) kyla wants to watch the prequel trilogy on loop uh give me hook get the fuck out he says (laughs) <laughs> what about the last two songs? Because to like, I, I got this, and I've always suspected this that the last two songs feel so tacked on that they were supposed to be credit songs. They were indeed supposed to be credit songs, but they were. It was so good. I would die for you and baby. I'm a star. Wars, are just plugged in at the end. Do you do you like that choice? Because it's totally different. Like the movie's done. Prince is singing into the camera. It doesn't feel like it's part of the film anymore really it feels like a music video at that point but i love it no i think uh as awesome as the purple rain is i mean obviously it's the best but i think without the encore of especially i would die for you 
I don't think it would be as good. I mean, because it's what he's worked for. Actually, he hasn't really cared about it, but like he finally kills it with the crowd, and then like the one at encore and everything. And I think the I don't really care about the the last song particularly, but um, I think I would die for you is one of like the most underrated love songs ever. I think it's really good, and I think it's perfect to counterbalance the purple rain. Great hand motion, and I would die for you. It's, it's really fun to do. I would die for you. And then, yeah, the ejaculating guitar at the end. But that's that's it. <laughs> Just the that. 80s movie ends on a freeze frame right after we see Prince's guitar shooting a bunch of jizz into the crowd, uh, which was confirmed on the director's commentary. That's what that's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> that's Purple Rain. Hmm. Any final thoughts? I did skip around. There's a couple things that I want to bring up, but I want to go to you guys first. Anything that I missed? I got one thing. Um, actually, I got a couple things. But one of them is in that scene where like Prince picks up Apollonia in the alley and she's all drunk. I got some serious hackers vibes. Brett, are you with me? I, you know what? I'm sorry. Our connection's broken. I have not seen hackers. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's Josh when I need him? <laughs> What about the uh, who's on first routine with Morris Day? Oh my goodness! Great, Fucking cringe. It was it's like it went on probably 15, 15, 20 seconds too long. But yeah, it's definitely because they like they could barely like not smile because they were like, "This is ridiculous." This is something that's saved by the long cut. Because if this is chopped up with a bunch of like quick cuts back and forth, this is unwatchable, like tropey bullshit. Like the fact that there, it's like one take and we get to see like the master of them just going back and forth that's the only thing that makes that like watchable um to me i got one more thing uh after i think wendy and the other girl like leave the band temporarily or something and prince is sitting in the dressing room and then morris day walks by and he's like how's your family or whatever such a dick move (laughs) right after his dad just shot himself in the head it's Uh, too much it, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't believe that he would say that, but it's it's again saved by him looking all sad afterwards. Like it's okay, I, I kind of get it. Yep, totally justified. <laughs> totally, that's just, not what I said. <laughs> I think pickup artists owe everything to this movie. I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with like the concept of, of pickup artists, guys that like dress and act a certain way to pick up women. The game they have like a manual thing? and all that shit. Yeah. Um, no, okay, maybe not. But mystery? Yeah, no, yeah. Isn't <laughs> yeah, that, mystery. Isn't the guys book like called that. the game? Isn't that what it is? Like, be an asshole to women? That's how you get them? Yeah, exactly. I think I, I think whoever wrote that book, Mystery or whoever the fuck it <laughs> the was, blueprint. got a lot from this in terms of, like, the fashion style, like, the the, the ruffled clothing and, like, you know, the, yeah. the eye makeup. And just the way you got to, like, kind of constantly tease them to the point where you're, like, kind of being obnoxious. Yeah. I think they owe a lot to Purple Rain. I think we all owe a lot to Purple Rain. And with that, <laughs> let's get into our yes or no's. I'm going to go first. Um, I picked this because it had been on my list for a while. And then when Brett said it was on his list, I immediately regret regretted picking it because I could have not spoiled a movie that I deeply, deeply love, which is always, always a mistake. But I, like I said in the beginning, I, I've given Kylo some shit about like nostalgia stuff, like a never ending story. I regret that. I... This movie is very flawed, and I and I can see its flaws, but I was living in Minneapolis, like I said, when Prince died. Uh, 
like basically that next weekend, there was a sold out midnight screening of Purple Rain at the uh, fuck the Uptown Theater. I think it was called um, in Uptown where I lived. And like that is to this day the most magical experience, like felt like theater experience I've ever had. Like I've never felt a crowd have such energy. And even talking about it now, like I just miss going to the theater so 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 fucking much. Like we were all in it together. Like everyone was emotional because Prince had literally just fucking died out of nowhere. And like like I said, no one knew how to like even process what they were seeing. Like nobody. I swear to God, no one in that crowd knew, or maybe half the crowd knew, that Prince slapped a, a woman in that movie. So, like, everyone was like, oh, my God. But, like, <laughs> that is the reaction that I'm sure the director wanted, right? Like, he wants the crowd to be like, holy shit, our main character just slapped a woman. And, like, even though it doesn't always work thematically, even though, like I said, there's a lot of flaws, even though there's a lot of terrible performances, even though the script is absolute dog piss and was, like came together more serendipitously than it was planned. I think this is like one of the best musicals of all time. The design, excuse me, the production design on First Avenue is amazing. The lighting is consistently great. You never once think you're like watching a movie. It always feels like you're actually in the club. And Prince's performance speak for themselves. Everything in between is just an excuse to get to the next performance. And each of these songs is so iconic. I can't even begin to tell you guys how much I love this movie. I'm going to watch it many more times. Um, this is one of one of my last podcasts in my 20s. I got a few more to go, but this is the movie I've seen the most in my 20s, and I'm so glad I got to spend this time talking to you guys with it. Hard, 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 yes. Let's keep our same order. Stevie, you're next. The last movie you hosted was The Last Starfighter. Ooh. Uh, let's see here. I will give this movie a hard yes. Um, I had never seen this movie before. I was really weird. Like, I was pumped you picked it because I had never seen it. But you told me in the past, it's not that great. You probably won't like it. Um, I absolutely loved it. I love music. I love Prince's music. I think Purple Rain is an all-timer, like, non-skip album. And you're right. This script, the characters, like, it's really flawed. Um, This movie doesn't always work. But my God, Purple Rain at the end really just ties the entire movie together. And it is just amazing to watch. And yeah, I am really glad you picked this movie. So hard yes. And I plan on watching it again. That's the secret, kids. If you want your friend to like a movie that you really want them to watch, you got to undersell it. You can't tell them it's the best movie ever because they're only undersell. disappointed. <laughs> I told Steve for years he wouldn't like this movie, and it worked. Uh, Mikey, you last hosted on The Rock. Uh, you're up next. Uh, I would say I'll give it a yes if you haven't seen it before. Like me, I haven't seen it before, and I kind of went in with no context other than the slap. But uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was funnier than... Uh, I was expecting, for sure, uh, weird comedy bits <laughs> throughout the movie. Um, but yeah, the music is great. I love that uh, Prince is dressed like uh, a cyberpunk pirate <laughs> in 2050 <laughs> through yes. most of it in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not a great script, for sure. I don't think uh, that's the strongest aspect of it, but... If you stick with it throughout the whole movie, uh, you get uh, a mini Prince concert, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, so I'll give it a, a a flaccid yes. It wasn't the best movie, Pat, but it was entertaining enough for me. I'll take a heart, a flaccid uh, 
Prince Penis, yes. Uh, Brett, you last <laughs> it's hosted. It's still very on, long. <laughs> still very long. Brett, you hosted on Neverending Story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this will be a solid yes. I mean, I I love Prince. Um, I think pretty much everyone said it. I mean, the acting's below, I mean, subpar. I mean, below, not good. Uh, <laughs> as far as like, a, it's, I mean, this was like written, I believe. I could be wrong. I believe it was written as a musical showcase for Prince. Uh, mission accomplished. I mean, it could not have been better for that. The music is five stars. The story, the story is okay. Like the script is bad. So, I mean, it's definitely a yes for me. Um, yeah, I was going to do something, but I'll say that for the end. But yeah, it's a, um, a solid yes. I, I enjoyed it. Just because I love Prince so much and the music's awesome. Stick around to the end to hear Brett do something. <laughs> but last but not least, Kylo, who I'm I'm still rooting for on trivia, uh, even though he's about to break my heart. Uh, you last hosted on It's Pat. Uh, what will you give Purple Rain, though? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Me... I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just real quick to couch this. What did you give It's Pat? Yes, I gave its pattern. No. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I, that's what I, <laughs> that movie is awful. <laughs> I'm gonna give its pat another no here on this podcast. Okay. It's two uh, no's for its pat. Uh, let me just check some things off the list here. A compelling story, great acting, earned character arcs, oh, no. and wonderful music. These are all things oh, I wish this movie man. had. <gasps> bastard! You bastard! You shut your mouth! <laughs> uh, I've been saving that one up. Uh, no, it's a no for me. It Look, I, I knew what this movie was. I got what this movie was when I watched it. That's why I never watched this movie, because I figured it was going to be what it was. And look, I'm not a, I'm not really a Prince fan. I didn't grow up with any kind of exposure to his music, so I just got it you know, peppered in throughout my life here and there. So I don't have like a lot of uh, big Prince feels, and it, it's not really my jam. And, and the movie doesn't do a whole lot for me because it's... I mean, there's not a lot going on in this movie, let's be honest. It's it's a lot of Prince, so if you like Prince, you'll like the movie. Uh, it's no Moonwalker, though. Yeah. I'll say that. You guys know Moonwalker? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I think that is fair. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, if you don't like Prince, there's fucking absolutely no reason to ever watch Purple Rain. It'll probably be one of the most miserable experiences of your life. That's <laughs> one, two, three, four yeses, one no? Oh, I want to say one other thing, Pappy. Yes, please. Even though it's a no to this movie, it's a big yes to this podcast because this has been fun, and you are a really, really phenomenal host, Pappy. Oh, yeah, so I, for I sure. want to commend you publicly. Will you stop yeah. sucking up to Pappy? Yeah, for real. You hate Prince. It's, it's over. Like, what are you doing? It's pathetic, Corey. That <laughs> fucking almost worked. I was about to, like, I was, like, beaming, and I'm like, <laughs> Jesus oh. Jesus Christ, man. Kylo. I'm not just saying Kylo that. Kylo Ren is trying to force communicate with me so while he's shirtless to seduce me into giving him a trivia win. I see what's <laughs> happening, but I will not be dissuaded, and today's game is called Purple Things, Purple Things. <laughs> Purple things. This is just the closest two of purple Ugh. things. Uh, oh my god! I came up with, I, I came up with so many questions again, and we have a a fair sized boat tonight. Not a big boat, but a fair sized boat. So uh, we're gonna use a subset of these. Uh, I've done this game before. It, it's basically farthest from. We're gonna eliminate one spoilers host after each round of trivia. Whoever is the farthest from the the point that I'm setting. Uh, we'll be eliminated. Uh, we're going to use the same order that we've used all night. Stevie, Mikey, Brett, Kylo. 
uh, Kylo, I'll, I'll not only allow you to make edits to this order now, but in between rounds, um, and actually in between guesses, if at any point you want to make your guess, you can insert yourself and make your guess. Uh, just, just speak up quickly. Um, but initially, Kylo, Stevie, Mikey, Brett, yourself, would you like to make any adjustments to that order? Initially, no. Thank you. Okay. Foolish. So the first purple thing, purple thing we're going to spoil is what is the Guinness record for largest bunch of grapes in terms of pounds? Stevie, you are up first. Metric tons? Uh, metric wolf tons. <laughs> wolf tons? That's a metric uh, wolf tons. Divided by Volkswagens? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, the largest wolf ever hunted down was uh, 1,200 pounds. <laughs> Use that as oh a basis. God. That shit is so fucking stupid. God, Josh is such uh, a dumb, so dumb idiot. Uh... <laughs> 1,200 fucking pounds. 1,200 pounds of a wolf. God, the size of an SUV. God, okay, so the largest amount of grapes in, what is it? Sorry. Pounds. (laughs) Sorry, in pounds. The largest bunch of grapes in terms of pounds. That have ever been assembled together? Uh, so it's like a bunch of grapes, like from the vine, all connected. The stem, all connected. Oh, okay, all connected. Okay, I'll say 37 pounds. Mikey. Oh. <laughs> and remember, uh, Kylo, you can jump in at any time. I'll say 250 pounds. 250, 250. pounds? <laughs> Brett? 249. Oh. 249. <laughs> Kylo? <laughs> well, this is crazy. You guys are fucking me up. Um, <laughs> Go with your heart. You can't lose. I'm going to say 15 pounds. <gasps> 15 pounds. The lose. heaviest bunch of grapes ever. And according to the Guest Book of Record, Kylo, you're actually the closest. It is 22 pounds. Everybody laughed at I me. I fucking knew it. 2.3 pounds. Unfortunately, that, Mikey, you are 227.69 pounds off, making you the farthest 69. from. I'm, 69. Just playing, I'm just playing the, I mean, I didn't really think it was 249, but. That's that's how you play the game. So that makes Stevie, Brett, Kylo. Any adjustments to this order yet, Kylo? Are you good? <sighs> I'm good. For how many years did Mel Blanc play Dino on the Flintstones? Not seasons. From the first time. How is this related? Dino He's is purple. purple. Kylo. Uh, pur- right, right. God damn! Why do I want you to win? <laughs> I'm very confused. Dino. How many years, Stevie? Mel Blanc, famous, the most famous voice actor in the history of... 34 years. 34 years. Dang, it's a good guess. Because I know pretty roughly when he died, when the show came out. Will Brett use gamesmanship to keep Kylo on the schneid? (laughs) What was Stevie's guess? 34. 34? Pappy, you were talking about from the first time he... Did something. From the first time he recorded Dino's voice to the last time he recorded the voice of Dino. Like, basically, once he died, they got a new voice for Dino, right? Anytime Flintstone stuff is used in promotional shit. Like, but he was the voice of Dino for how many years? I will say... 33. Games. Men. Ship. All right, Kylo. We have 34. 
and 33. Do you want over 34 or under 33 in terms of years that Mel Blanc played Dino on the mm. Flintstones? <sighs> under. Yes. Like a rhinestone Kylo. That's correct. <laughs> it is under 27. Damn. 27 years, which is still fucking incredible. You guys are all right in the right by ballpark, but unfortunately, Stevie, uh, you were the farthest away off by seven years, which brings us to Brett and Kylo. Brett, do you want to put the do you want to set the point or do you want to play over under? What? Because Brett uh, well, cool. sorry, Kylo, do you want to make the guess or do you want to say under over under? Because we'll, I'll ask the question. Brett will guess a number, and it'll either be over or under, basically. Sword or shield? I'll do the over under option. Okay, Brett. Okay. How many episodes of Barney and Friends have there been? <gasps> oh my goodness, I have no. Barney is purple, Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have no idea. Hold on, let me look it up. Good, good call. <laughs> Party and friends. Pap, was it more episodes than Grimace and the gang? <laughs> I did have Grimace was one of my other questions <laughs> that uh, was going to use if Josh was on or Jordan was on. I mean, Grimace and the Is gang. Is that the McDonald's was guy or the Chuck E. Cheese guy? Uh, McDonald's. I mean, McDonald's. Grimace and the gang was probably on for four episodes. Grimace is shaped like a chicken nugget. Brett, we are going to need an answer. Uh, I'll say 200. 200. Kylo, you have been on the schneid since earlier this summer (laughs) to be off the schneid and to claim your spot as the host of Spoilers and pick the movie next week that we will all be subjugated to. Kylo, have there been more or less than 200 episodes of Barney and Friends? I'm going to say... More. And your winner! And off the schneid! Yeah! Yes! 268 episodes of Barney and Friends. We're all happy for Kylo. Finally off the schneid. We'll give you a second to think of your movie uh, that you gotta spoil. Brett, it could not be a more gracious loser. Take it away, Spoiler Man. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars. And some words. We're back. We're back from break. Kylo, uh, you're off the schneid. You're going to be our host next week. What is your choice of a movie that will spoil? Oh, by the way, next week, we're kicking off spooky spoilers, (laughs) Kylo. So what will that be? Oh, man. How am I going to follow that when I host this episode? I'm going to have to have you fill in for the spooky announcement. I'm picking the first Spooky Spoilers pick. I've been a fan of Spooky Spoilers for a long time, so I'm very excited for this. Uh, My pick isn't exactly a movie. It's kind of a movie. I thought it was a movie when I was a little stupid kid. It's technically a TV miniseries. It is the 1990 Stephen King's It with Tim Curry. I got it on DVD, baby. Let's go. Finishing 
our it anthology. We've done it chapter one, it chapter two, and now the mini series. Uh, then the book club. Thank you, everyone, for hey. listening. Uh, go ahead, Brett. Yeah. No, I mean I don't want to like bring it down, but I I feel oh. like we should. Uh, we we lost a pretty darn good actor this week, and I think we should, you know, say something about Chadwick Boseman. Man, he's a he's a a great actor. Like this crazy. No, We're hey, bo- great great call. I mean, he, is that the thing you said you were going to bring yeah, up later? Yeah, I just didn't. I mean, I just that one like was weird to me. Like he's, I, I liked, I liked him as a person. I mean, I liked him uh, as Black Panther, even not really during the movie. But he's awesome in Civil War, and he's awesome in the Avengers movie. So I don't know. I thought he was pretty cool. Great actor. I think it's really heartbreaking that like, yeah, someone like that that was really starting to blow mm-hmm. up and was you know pretty young. Just passed so suddenly and had this like secret illness yeah. that he kept out of the public eye. That, but he guess. made movies during it. Like he's such a G, dude. It's so crazy how he did all that. Yeah, we talked about him on the Black Panther episode. I think that was in the early one teens. I want to say. I don't know if someone can just like search that real quick or if not. But like, yeah, it, it just really makes you realize. You know, you don't realize. You know what what other people in your life are going through, right? You, you be nice to the person Sonder. at the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, don't tweet shit to actors who you don't like uh, just because you don't like their Marvel movie. You know, try and try and be a better person to everyone around you. Um, I don't know what episode that was of spoilers, but hey, it was a down note, Brett. But I'm glad that we ended on yeah, uh, talking I know, about Chadwick Boseman. No, g- good call. More Marvel movies to come, more spooky movies to come, and more spoilers to come. Thank you for listening. That was spoilers. You guys got me what's up money yeah i asked my uncle if i could plug my mac into like the uh, works like into like the work program that i run for like purchasing and like changing prices and stuff and running on my inventory and we got a, like a hold of the company to put like a mac extension on it and they said it would cost 15 grand to do it just for, <laughs> just for me to have a mac like in like the company software system like, well, call me after the next customer wants this and pays that tax. Yeah, please. Dude, I'm thinking about selling my Mac, just getting a regular PC. Yeah? It's my, my. I have like a 2013, and I just looked it up. It's still going for like 750 Yeah, money. I have a 2014, and I'm terrified of the day where it goes bye-bye. Dude, you can get a really good PC for like 500 bucks. <sighs> I know, but I just I love my Mac. My vanity knows no bounds, Mikey. You know this. It's starting to work with less and less stuff now, though. It's like getting kind of annoying to like find workarounds for a bunch of garbage. That should be really easy. Yeah, I mean, 
like the reason I love my Mac too is like it can play uh, discs and shit still. Oh, that is nice. And like the one reason I don't like like the new Macs, like the MacBook Airs, whatever the fuck they are, even though even though they're like a thousand dollars, it's like I still like having that disc. I, I like the look of that. Plus, like like when you like after the pandemic's over, like I'm gonna be going on more planes, and it's like. You know, I, I really just never brought mine anywhere except for school, and I didn't bring it on campus or anything. But I was afraid I was going to break it, so I just. <laughs> it's like, what is the point of even having a laptop? I should have just got a regular computer back then. Took all my notes by hand. Really? Same. It just helped me learn better. Like I was just too, I, yeah, too lazy. I had to pay attention. attention. Yeah, I'd be on Twitter and stuff. I didn't even. I guess. I guess it wasn't even Twitter back then. It was like stumble upon. Yeah, just straight up random websites. <laughs> stumble upon would just give you a website. <laughs> Dude, stumble upon was early days Reddit. It was just like here's the front page of just click on subjects that you like. <laughs> What a great concept. Just stumbling for hours. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I should see if that's still going. Tricking people into suicide on Fall Guys is my favorite thing in the world now. Steve, that's so mean. <laughs> what? what do you, how do you trick them? So what you do is in the last one where there's like a bunch of like vegetables and fruits you have to memorize, you act super confident and dive on one. And then everyone follows you, and it's the greatest thing in the world. Then at the last second, you jump off. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> it is awesome. Mix.com is the new stumble upon. Stumble upon shut down in 2018. Stumble upon, dude? All right, I'm going to go get a drink real quick. I remember early days of Reddit, and the interface sucked so badly. It's still not great. It's kind of really hard to search for stuff on Reddit. It's a really bad search system, but it's great to scroll. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, is the chive still around? <laughs> uh, I don't all know. They, all they, all they, all they are is just like uh, teens. Red, yeah, all <laughs> they are is uh, Reddit Junior without porn. Yeah. That, that's all they are. They take from uh, they take all Reddit without porn. Like, if you look at their sources. On every like bottom of their links, it's always Reddit. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like uh, pushes all the cool stuff from Reddit that you don't actually subscribe to. Yeah. Hey guys, my router is like failing, so if no! I get dropped from the call, I'm gonna have I'll like text you guys and say you know when I when I'm calling back. I basically what, I might have to restart it during the process. Something something's wasn't there a full moon this morning? It's 10.01 and Brett isn't on. And he's not chastising us either. This is strange. Josh, mysteriously not on the pod tonight. I specifically didn't drink milk today, so I'd be on time. <laughs> That's 45 minutes saved. Dude, I'm telling you. Like, it was a real sacrifice, Mikey. <laughs> Steve, do you, do you uh, still drink real milk or do you do all Oh, milk I haven't drank real milk in years. I've been doing skim milk probably since I was like 20, 21. Skim milk's not bad. I do almond milk. 
but yeah, I don't really do real milk. Anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard on my stomach. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, skim milk is still a stretch, but it's not as bad as like the two like one percenters. Fucking one percenters. Those one percenters, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Those whole milkers. God, I've never had whole milk. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Oh, does it, does it taste just different? Hi, Brett. Uh, I don't know. It just tastes like, uh, it's like milk, but thicker. I guess. I don't know. Is it like milk <laughs> like, shaky? It feels like heavier, like more right. filling, I guess. Mm. Just cause there's like definitely more fat in it. So going, I turn it off, close it. So is whole milk like 100% milk or is it like 5% I don't milk? know. 100% seems like a uh, steep increase from the 2%. It, it, yeah, what is the other 98%? What is the 98%? Yeah. Uh, Water? I don't know. No, I don't fucking know. I think it's 2% like <laughs> fat. I don't think that's what that is. So whole milk is just 100% fat. It's just 100% no. returned like... butter. No. Pretty what is whole milk? They don't, they don't say the percentage. But when they reduce, ah, uh, whatever. Huh? Okay, okay, hold on, save it for the pot. Whole milk. Pap, pap. Um, I'm back. Tomato. Huh? Yeah. Don't give us a question tonight. Let's just discover oh. what whole milk is. Uh, this is good hijack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it there. Uh, do you guys like? I'm I'd sorry. I had snacks all over the house. Like I get done with work, and I'm like a ten out of ten on the hungry scale. It's the worst. Yep. Time. I don't know how to even deal with that. <laughs> Only one way. Oh, all right. What is it? I'll grab a granola bar real quick. Then I'm okay. Gonna, I got um, it. Obviously. <laughs> That'll be good to go. Eat what? It doesn't work. It's, I'm still hungry. You're one of those guys that doesn't get full. You just keep eating. Basically, yeah. Like I could just eat. Snacking. I could eat like a full-on dinner at four o'clock. I'm a literal pappy in every. Yeah, day. and you weigh like forty pounds. It's annoying. I hate. I've lost so much weight so in the you, pandemic. Do you have a second dinner late at night, like a bowl of cereal or something, or what are you doing? Are you done at four? Second dinner. My second dinner used to just be a bunch of beer, but now I just don't do that anymore. And so now I think that's like where the cow. I think I like got huge percentage of my calories were coming from liquor and beer back when I was like Happy. flipping by myself. You're like uh, what do you Andy eat for eleven? Eleven Parks and Rec, where you just stopped drinking beer. What do you eat for eleven Uh Today I had uh, leftover burrito. What about dinner, supper. Uh, <laughs> what did I have for dinner? I don't think he knows about those either. <laughs> I'm listening to the books right now. All right, I'm ready, I think so, the ready is to great. Uh, purify myself. Yeah, hey, good. Yeah, you guys ready? <laughs> well, I don't even have audacity. Okay, my bad. Stevie, what's up, Mikey? Pappy just said he he's losing weight because he stopped drinking beer, just like Andy. And when he when he's like working out on Parks and Rec for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and he comes back ripped and he's like, I don't know why I'm losing weight. It's because he's not drinking anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like what's happening to me. Test, test, test. Test, 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 test. Ooh, that's gotta be turned up. Cool. Yeah, let's test this fucker out. That's gotta be turned up. I'm in a different spot. Ah!
up this motherfucker. Turn. Right, I'm good. This mother. Up. You ready, Mikey? Test, test, test. Uh, Testing. Let me, let me get the synopsis up. Okay. Hey, Pappy, you know what's not a great movie to watch before you become a parent? Uh, Hereditary? Goofy movie. Oh, yeah. That's not a great one to watch. Maybe Stay <laughs> Out. Jack the Bear, but oh, that works too. I hate Baby Stay Out. <laughs> I wonder if anyone else has seen Jack the Bear. Uh, I guess it's going to nope. be a potential spoilers pick. The level Brett and Corey are on is just... Another one. Same. It's a, a step different level. Yeah. <laughs> That's why bad. I don't like it when Josh is not. We're like the boomer trio, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Strength in numbers. The it's boomer Lieutenant, Dan, Lieutenant Dan plays a Nazi. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Reese Witherspoon? Really young in it. Young Reese? Is there a real bear? No. Is there a real Jack? Not interested. It's it's and just it, like a really like set, it's it's a really like depressing movie about like a kid's life and how fucked up it is and it's kind of yeah, like kind hopeless. Of a, <laughs> it's kind of, God, he thinks his dad's kind of a loser and it's Danny DeVito. I mean, it's Frank Reynolds. Yeah, as I mean, the kid, Danny DeVito as the kid, the kid? <laughs> incredible. Hey, dad, the... have you guys seen the movie North? No. Oh no. my God, worst movie ever made. Considered terrible. I would it's, love to spoil North. It's that's so a good bad. idea. Dude, it's fucking awful. It's so like. It's so. Like, it's not even so racist. bad. It's like good. It's just bad. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. This is gonna be a short pod, probably. I don't only have that many good. points, so. Brett, good. Well, a lot of it is a music video. <laughs> so. What do you mean right. by good, Brett? <laughs> I like short pods. I like to hang out with my wife. All right. I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. That was spoilers.